Hi everybody, and welcome to a pyrotechnical, cursing, middle fingering, Becky Lynch impregnating, staples to the head inducing, Heyman and Bischoff-esque episode of the Brothers of Discussion. Woo! We're going to cover everything from the first Raw and Smackdowns after the crowning of the new executive directors in Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff. Make some time, of course, for NXT and NXT UK, our favorite hours of wrestling from WWE and try try not to get a headache debating the need for chair shots in modern wrestling knowing the repercussions knowing what it's done to some of our favorite stars from the past and of course good brother Michael that's me I'm gonna try and get off this awful I've started another losing streak in these great games that Matt creates Yay. we're gonna have another edition of everyone's favorite game two rumors and a lie Matt it's almost July 4th. It's July 3rd. How the heck are you? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, having a pretty good week here uh, at, at Matt's humble abode. Uh, if you can hear it in the background, folks, I do apologize. I have a um, brand new staircase going in on my deck. And, uh, I mean, they're literally right outside my window. So I, Man, I can touch them from where I'm sitting. Your deck is so long you need a staircase? Wow. <laughs> Going second deck. Uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, where were we? There was a fun thing, and now we're doing. There was a fun conversation I wanted to start with, and now we're doing take two. And there's no way I can restart this conversation. So let me just remind everybody to go to bodpodcast.com and brothersadiscussion.com to this check a, out man, all of the archive content. What you're giving content. everyone is a very important lesson. Well, now you're forcing the. God, all right, I, I, I tried to force it in there. All right, go ahead, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> Goddamn lessons. Um, <laughs> BOD, oh, Jesus. BODpodcast.com, brothersadiscussion.com. That's where we archive all the content. You can go back and listen to every single episode of Brothers of Discussion, including all of our content that we blogged about and we used to, and now there's just so much life going on, it's hard to get to. Um, if, if, uh, you know, if you want to be a member of the Brothers Discussion, um, it really helps if you came out of our mother, but, uh, also if you, if you want to be a blogger and, uh, just do some, some free blogs for us, obviously we're gonna, we're gonna edit them, uh, considerably and not just let you write about anything, but, uh, you know, re reach out, uh, go to, what's our admin at, uh, bodpodcast.com is our new email, so go ahead, reach out, let us know if you want to post something. Uh, also, feel free to DM us, and you can find us on Twitter at BOD Podcast. Find us on Facebook the same way at BOD Podcast. And of course, uh, join the Facebook group we've been talking about for a couple months now. Uh, we are expanding the conversation. Uh, we have a lot of fun uh, figuring, figuring out how to do a Facebook Live group, and uh, or a Facebook group that we do live discussions uh, about pro wrestling, is, is how I should state it. Uh, but yeah, find that. Find us on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, I still have to take the five minutes to set up an Instagram, so that'll be coming soon. And uh, yeah, that's that. Why don't we, uh, Mike, do you want to jump into some tidbits? Yeah, this is, uh, and every week we, uh, 
we talk about we need to rename this segment because it's easily the most time-consuming segment. Uh, tidbits usually is you know like a little snack, but Matt, we have so many snacks to go through this week. Yeah. Um, we got the debut of episodes of Raw and SmackDown that are accredited to Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff. Um, yeah. There's so much. There's so much that I think you can kind of. You can make that allusion to like, oh, there's their influence here. Here's their influence there. Um, let's start with let's start with one that um, I think's kind of been on the kind of been on the back burner. It's kind of been on the peripheral a little bit, and that's um, the club finally getting back together. Um, we got a rematch for AJ Styles and Ricochet after AJ won the first match. This time the match was for the United States title. Um, the, they basically did a best of two falls because AJ got a, a pinfall on Ricochet again, but Ricochet's foot was vaguely under the rope um, in a move that, I, I don't know, they, they, they've done so many referee switcheroos and missed calls and made calls that aren't real. Um, they restarted this match, and Ricochet won. Um, Gallows and Anderson came to, to you know do some jaw jacking at ringside. AJ got between... Gallows and Anderson and Ricochet, and then AJ went heel and punched Ricochet in the face, and the club is back. Um, the one thing is they're going to give credit to Heyman uh, because he's supposedly the Raw showrunner, but yeah. uh, depending on when he actually started to put his thumbprint on the episodes, they've, they've kind of been building this for a couple of weeks, but um, at the very least, even if you're going to go that route, Matt, and say, you know, maybe Heyman doesn't get 100% credit. This is still really recent, like the past, you know, three or four Raws. And, you know, Gallus and Anderson have been not even, not even, you know, floundering in mediocrity. They've, they've been toiling just bottom feeders way, way down there. Um, they were a, they were a weird joke uh, with, I think, fart jokes that didn't go over very well. Yeah. Uh, remember they were, they were doctors with, you know, genital jokes and that that really bottomed out yeah um so i think in some capacity this definitely i'm still gonna credit Heyman for this so i think that's kind of what we want to do oh my god i will i i don't know i i mean if we're saying i'm saying it's so recent like the past couple weeks because it's not like they decided you know when they debuted that announcement all right starting now it's probably something they've been talking about in the back, and then they wanted to, you know, figure out a time and place to formally announce it. Um, so I'm going to say this is credited to Heyman, and it's an A-plus idea because we, we need a heel faction. I, I don't know why we were waiting so long. It, it doesn't count to have, you know, our beloved Drew McIntyre just be a sidekick for people. We need a, a group of dudes who are bad. We need some bad dudes, and I think all these dudes are going to do a really good job carrying the Monday Night Program. Matt, your thoughts? I I mean, I would definitely hesitate to give Paul Heyman a ton of credit here. Um, number one, I mean, it, it's, a, it's an easy decision to make. It's not like we looked at that and went, oh, my God, I never thought of that. Wow. Um so it's not you know it's utilizing your assets um it just might be something if if Heyman was involved maybe it was just something that well we need the stamp of approval from someone and he was like yeah yeah it's a good idea um 
Number two in my research for two rumors and a lie. I, I did find a source named Post Wrestling uh, has, has said that the AJ Styles heel turn was not a spur of the moment decision and wasn't part of Paul Heyman taking over. Of course, if I'm saying this is part of my two rumors and a lie research, um, and the whole point of that game is to highlight, how, you know, what bullshit um, these dirt sheets are. Uh, there's not a lot to take from that statement, but there is that idea out there um, that it wasn't so somebody named Post Wrestling as a uh, content provider has said that it wasn't a Paul Heyman thingy. Um, so that, I mean, that's my take on it. I I think it's great. I, if we're gonna talk the the actual happening the the event uh i freaking loved it i thought uh they they started raw out really hot and i thought the yes. middle was super dull and uh but but the thing is it's just like every tv show like go to netflix and we have been referencing like what does modern television do uh in regards to fixing monday night raw fixing smackdown fixing the wwe product we keep coming back to that going what do they do what they do is they give you a hot finish even if it's a bad television show they give you a hot finish so that you want to see what happens next i can't wait to find out what happens next and there's so many different possibilities that when you're in the know there's the whole finn balor aspect of it that that could always pop up um what would be really fun is to see finn try and team up with ricochet and then turn on him oh my god would that be beautiful and yes i'm fantasy booking right now but it's just it's one of those decisions where I come back to the idea that I said it was a no-brainer because there's so many things to do with it. Yeah, and, I, I don't... Go ahead. I just don't, I just don't know if that's a good enough reason to say it's not Heyman. I, I think a lot of WWE's ideas have been no-brainers, and for whatever reason, the person on top just didn't do the no-brainer. Uh, they would kind of kick the can on good ideas and double down on garbage. So it... it it just feels like this is this is a different voice because of how long we've waited for the club to like get get back up front. Like there's so many opportunities for them to clash, um, you know, with a whole bunch of people. So um, I don't know. I, I guess maybe a better example. Maybe you'll kind of agree with this one a little bit more. Is uh, the pyrotechnics right? We got some uh, some real explosions when Braun Strowman just destroyed Bobby Lashley through the. Uh, the stage up front and then we got to hear <laughs> I, Corey I just, graves i i, I gotta i gotta break the fourth wall here i'm looking at my audio and it's just picking up all the hammer strikes outside so i know it'll be on the episode so i do apologize everybody um but it's just funny to me i'm seeing we'll just like, pretend otis is trying to get a clap going that's okay um <laughs> yeah matt so we had the we had the pyrotechnics uh we also had uh cory graves said shit during the broadcast um, during that 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 big charge, and then we also had a middle finger from Kofi Kingston. Yeah, I so I'm kind of bouncing around on how I feel about that, and I I, I want to get your thoughts because I think I've talked out of both sides of my mouth uh, when it comes to Kofi Kingston, uh, or not Kofi, but as a like what should a face do? Well, I don't think a face needs to be a complete moron. So right. um, it, there, there was an argument. Uh, some of our rival podcasters, uh, who are super huge fans of AEW, and at this point give WWE no chance. Uh, it's almost eye roll inducing when you see the kind of tweets they put out. Because really, 
they're just trying to make their audience happy, which is fine. It's fine. But they were very critical of Kofi Kingston doing this, and their initials are STD. <laughs> STD? Yeah, that's the podcast initials. I, I don't want to completely run them over. Um, oh, because I know there's like SMH, like shaking my head. Yeah. I thought that was like shaking the dick. Shaking your dick. Woo. Oh, the dick. Shaking yeah. the dick. Yeah. Yep. Um, but anyway, they were super critical saying, I can't believe a face is doing this. Well, you know, they they are being Man, attacked. If only I could think of another face who'd use his middle finger. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and, and come back to the fact that what's the storyline? Simone Joe's asking for a handshake. Come on! He just a week ago put you in the coquina clutch and he was foaming at the mouth. So, yeah, Kofi Kingston doesn't want to have that happen again. So, he fl- I mean, what would you do in real life? Would you just roll over? Okay, I, you know what? I'm a good guy. Even though you nearly murdered me last week, let's shake hands. No! And that's and that's where I'm talking about talking out of both sides of my mouth, because I do realize I have complained before about some of the New Day's decisions recently when it comes to beating Dolph Ziggler and, and cheating. I don't know yeah. if cheating is the best, but um, this is totally fine. This is, is the right route to go. Um, but then I want to cover... We have Corey Graves saying shit in the pyrotechnics. All right. Yeah, so, so uh, with Kofi, I didn't have a problem with it. It's just I, I don't – I think that Joe is, is so much more well-equipped to be the main event championship holder, and Kofi's not. Um, so I don't think that the, the promo was bad because of the middle finger. I just don't think the guy doing it had a lot of, uh, a lot of oomph behind it, you know? Yeah. Um, like, I, I get what they're trying to do. They're, yeah. they're trying to, you know, nod, nod, wink, wink, you know, to the Attitude Era and let you know that, you know, there is a new executive director in town. There's but... a new day. I mean, it's a, damn it, fucking, all right, go ahead. <laughs> all right, let's trash it. Did we got to. Did you say a new Dave? Dave. Like a, a new writer uh, named Dave? Yeah, oh, there's okay. a new Dave. There's a new Dave <laughs> writing these stories. Um, I, You know what it does, though? I, I like that it gives more... Even more mic time in a in a even more prominent spot for Samoa Joe because I, I want to see him be the champ before he has to hang up the boots at WWE. Um, one little one because I don't want to spend a ton of time on it because it's still kind of early in the development. Is Cesaro's again Wait, kind of a guy they've? I, oh, let's talk about one the, more for the Pyro Kofi? and Corey. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Well, <laughs> I so. The Corey Graves thing, I can totally believe, is a new... It was the first damn segment. Yeah. It like, was the first match I think after the announcement. They're trying to get over that segment, um, and I, I, that definitely felt like... Like, that, you can make that decision that day. You know what? It's okay. Go ahead. Say shit on TV. It's totally fine. Uh, you get the okay from uh, the network, and you roll with it. I, that is the kind of thing... Like, when I've heard people talking about uh, the entertainment business and trying to put TV on or, or trying to get a television television show produced, that's the kind yeah. of stuff I hear about all the time is, like, uh, you know, going over what are the words you're going to use tonight and getting the okay on certain ones. So that totally right. seems like a day of. Um, pyrotechnics, I made the joke. So here's the thing. I think they shouldn't have done this. Because it totally looks like they were responding to AEW having Pyro at their show. And this would have been something that can be made. You can make that decision the moment of. 
and do it or not do it. Yeah. And well, I know I, we're only talking about that screen exploding, so we're not even really talking real pyro. But I, I don't know. I, I don't. I either don't want to label it as that because then it's embarrassing for the WWE, or you know, or we do. We just trash them and we go, "Yep, that that was them responding." Well, you know what? I think in terms of a response, and it's this is all going to really come full circle because we're going to start putting all these these tidbits together for this week, uh, stuff we haven't talked about yet. But like the Young Bucks matches, and then. Um, like what what Seth Rollins has been pushing on Twitter. So as far as being responsive, right? AEW's come out and you know had uh, uh, John Moxley was saying motherfucker in his match. Uh, there's pyrotechnics. Uh, the Young Bucks, you know, kind of do their own matches their own way. Um, and Seth Rollins is out there talking about you know I work for the greatest wrestling company in the world. You know, hands on deck. Everybody was great. Producers, writers, cameramen. Um, and then this shit from Corey Graves. It definitely feels like what they're trying to do is, you know, we can curse too. We can have things explode too. Um, you know, we have excellent wrestling too. It's just we're better at all those things than you. So it seems like what they're trying to do is bridge that gap. Where AEW, you could, you know, you could objectively point to things that they were doing that WWE was not. So then WWE is saying, yeah, well, now we do all those things. So you know, what else you got? Well, so so it seems like in this in the like you know past, uh, you know, a couple weeks, um, since Double or Nothing that they've they've been trying to be super reactive, which is what WWE, for better or worse, is you know somewhat good at. Is trying to react to what people want. Um, well, let me ask. Let me ask you this: Are you tuning into AEW because they swear and because there's light, a light show, like there's flashing lights and sparks and booms? Obviously, I'm putting it down, so you know what I'm, where I'm going right. with well, this. But no, I mean, and you're kind of leading the witness because you know I'm not. You know, that's not Mike, why I you, tune in. You tuning in for that dumb shit? <laughs> Are you tuning in for that good shit? I just like the sparkle, razzle, dazzle, and the cusses. <laughs> Give me some sparkles, some cusses, some lessons on wrestling. Lessons. I can't wait. Some lessons. <laughs> you know, you give me damn lessons, and I, I just... <laughs> I know we were trying to force the lessons thing. I'm just going to tell the story, because now we've got On another close. episode. Oh. On another episode, keep tuning in to Brothers of Discussion. You never know when that story's going to make it. Yeah, keep, tune in every week. Who knows? Maybe so if you subscribe, we'll live. send you a, a personal five-minute episode where we explain <laughs> what happened. Any hoozles. Um, I, I mean, yes. that's, that's my quick point on that. But I, I, you want to? we want to go over some, I think, some more juicy stuff. Uh, like Cesaro, like what... What's going through your head with Cesaro, Mike? This one for me is another example where it felt like um, uh, Heyman kind of uh, having an influence because Cesaro is such a damn good wrestler, and he's just been... He was part of the bar, which was a very successful tag team. It made a lot of money selling T-shirts. I think it got over. It got positive reactions, but, uh, you know, it was uh, two singles wrestlers just kind of 
you know, feuding, and then they got mushed together, and they just kind of ran with it so these guys could get TV time. Yeah. So now Cesaro is, they're trying to make him serious again, because he is an incredible wrestler. So now he's like a no-nonsense guy, and he's getting a reboot as a no-nonsense guy who's pummeling, uh, you know, kind of the side comedy acts um, so far in WWE. Um, I think it's a good idea for him. Um... Uh, because he's not, you know, the strongest dude on the mic. For a guy who speaks, like, you know, eight languages, it's weird that he doesn't know how to cut a good promo. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I don't have a problem with him doing this. And um, it's something for him to do on the mid-card while we kind of, you know, resort the deck a little bit with these new executive directors. So this was a segment, you know, we, you, know you, you mentioned trying to open the show strong and close it strong. So then the middle... You know, just like if you're streaming a show on Netflix, you're going to get a, a big spike episode, you know, in episode one. Um, kind of lay some groundwork, maybe do a little experimenting in the middle. Um, you know, episodes of a season of a TV show that you're going to binge. And then the boom, the big climax to get you to want to tune into next season. Um, I thought this was a cool little um, ground builder, you know, so in the future we can kind of take Cesaro seriously as a singles competitor just because of the way... It seemed like a lot of his credibility had crumbled. Um, but I, I think this was a good start, and I, uh, I'm optimistic um, with this idea. Do you, Are you kind of on the same page? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I will admit I'm not as... Um, I didn't have the same... I don't know. It's not, it's not giving me a huge... Um, wrestling boner um i'm not saying you have a huge wrestling boner but i, I mean just for myself is how i usually measure these things it, it happened and i'm you know i guess it's on the radar it's not one of my i don't know i i feel like i'm gonna keep going against you on uh today and i i i'm trying not to do it i know it's good radio slash podcasting but i i don't i don't know i well uh, Let's, let's. I'm not do as one excited that, about this week. It was good. Well, I, I want to do. I want to do maybe the. I, I'm going to say the most unique uh, segment that happened this week, and it, it definitely showed that there's a new voice in the writers' room. Dave. Um, yeah, Dave. It's a new Dave. Yes, it is. Uh, the Maria Canellas segment, uh, where she uh, finds herself in a mixed tag match with her husband against uh, the man Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins. Um, Seth is, you know, kicking some buns against poor Mike. And then the tag comes, and it's time for Maria to wrestle. Uh, just when she's about to get destroyed by the man, she announces she's pregnant. Uh, Maria, that is. And uh, Maria <laughs> takes the mic, announces her pregnancy, uh, berates her husband, says she wishes she had a real man, wishes she, she'd been impregnated by Becky Lynch. Um, Pretty hot. I... Uh, would love to watch that video. Um, Jesus Christ. Of the highlight. It was a good promo. Uh, so, I don't know. I, I saw a lot. I think I was surprised. Because I, I love this segment. Because it's so fucking weird. Uh, no, was... There's a lot of naysaying so far. Um, yeah. But I, I kind of dig the variety. For real. Um, and it's not... It's not... Um... I, I see the notes you put here, and I've seen it. Uh, I, I've seen the same notion, sort of. I don't. It's it's being used online. I I don't look at this as like a pregnancy drama. It's not like 
the old Attitude Era or like um, the Ruthless Aggression where there was, you know, weddings and stuff that we had to watch, which I hope I never have to see one of those again. Uh, But this isn't, we're trying to figure out, like, is Maria pregnant with, you know, Mike's baby? No, it's not. Or or Becky Lynch's baby. Right. It's just this, she's disappointed isn't even a strong enough word, but it's a... God, it's a it's an issue in in a relationship where she's upset, and you know you can't have. God damn! If I, how many times do we have to say this? I don't want to hear another wrestler say that he deserves to be in the title picture. You you only have so many ways to do it, and you've got Dolph Ziggler, who's almost insane now, saying it should have been him. And as long as he keeps using that, he's got this new element of just looking like he needs psychiatric help. But Mike Nellis and and Maria, like, how do you get on TV? Well, it's because they have they're having relationship issues, and Mike's gonna have to use that to help tell a story, and maybe help mo- motivate himself to get into the WWE title picture. I have no problem with this existing, and again, it's not it's not a pregnancy thing, it's a relationship thing. And if you've watched any drama, you know, like we're not doing like. Uh, clear-cut soap opera-y stuff. It is It is still very soap opera-y. But right. every TV show we watch has these kind of issues where someone, you know, maybe they don't always say it, and that would be more of the drama way to handle it and, and have us start to figure out that Maria's upset with Mike. But, right. again, if we're coming back to this well, idea I of, just... like, utilizing talent and getting them on TV, at least this is unique. At least well, this it, isn't going it... on in six different places. Like the the, you know the uh, shotgun reactions to this. I, I think they, it always feels like you either you're they're reacting too quickly or they're not letting things marinate. So what this did is it got us talking about the Canellis family on Monday Night Raw. Mm-hmm. Who, you know, they were on the sh- goodness gracious. I know Mike had some you know some alcohol issues to go go through, and he's he's good. He's great. He got in excellent shape. Uh, yep. Cut a bunch of weight. Um, he's kicking ass at 205 Live, but Heyman sees something in this guy and his and and Maria. And I think what they're doing is this this is an interesting story. It's got people talking, and uh, it's it's one of two things. It's either we're getting Mike over as a sympathetic babyface, which is less likely of the two, or the other one is this is obviously a work by Maria, and she's going to try and get Mike into a situation like you said, maybe with you know a match for some gold. So, you know, he's not a huge monster like, you know, Braun Strowman, where you're just going to shove him into a match because he's, you know, big and it looks like he could beat up whoever the champion is. Instead, this looks like a, you know, a smarts thing, you know, a little uh, uh, puppetry, um, you know, by these um, kind of insidious characters where you're not quite sure what their motivations are, right, with Maria. Yeah. Because there's no way she's actually pregnant. You know, this is this is something where she's you know got something else in mind so i'm um, it's a it's a great idea because i'm excited to see where it goes from here yeah and I, that's I, that's the whole point of wrestling to get you to want to watch the next thing that happens yeah and i i think you nailed it on everything here i, I this is this is positive it's not a it's not a negative storyline it's not something that i mean i know right now you either it's either the greatest story ever or it's the worst story ever uh, i mean that you know that's how we work now uh, that's the only way you can get attention on social media is if 
hyperbole is how you live life. So right. <clears throat> I'm not saying this is the best. This is the. It's definitely not the worst. We've seen a lot worse than this. But at least again, I'm gonna come back to utilizing your assets. And if we have to go meta, if we have to go into real life, that's what the WWE fan has forced us to do. If you're a fan of AEW, that seems to be the only storyline they want to progress since they keep talking about the WWE and all their shows. Then, goddamn, you know, if the WWE is going to use the actual relationship between Maria and Mike, then, god, fucking use it. Now, I will say we've talked about the club, and we've talked about Mike and Maria. Right. And we're giving a lot of credit to Paul Heyman. Right. Don't forget that these were two groups that were asking for their release or talking about moving on from the WWE. And now they're in storylines. So, right. I'm going to keep saying it's a utilization of your assets, and doing so is going to help build up their... Um, I don't know. If we want to say like positive vibes or positive feelings towards the WWE, they're going to build some confidence in the fact that they're going to be used in the future. Um, I'm not saying it's going to come to fruition. I'm not saying that they're actually going to win any titles out of all the, you know, the four names we just went over. What I do think is going on here is that recognition that these other players, these other roster um, members want to work. And, uh, you know, if you have to get a little creative with how they're going to be used so that you keep them on board, then, then goddamn, go ahead and do it. Uh, but, again, I, I think the point of me bringing this up isn't necessarily to continue that notion of utilizing your assets. I think it's, it became a necessity to put them on TV because they wanted to get out. And I'm sure if there was some reason that kept them there uh, or if there was some conversation behind it it was definitely put me on tv or i am going to leave uh so i i do want to bring that up because if we're going to talk about going meta we're going to talk about real life and how that infuses itself into the into pro wrestling and its storylines that is something we can't forget um so going forward we'd have to keep an eye out for anybody else that threatens to leave and is that the new way to get into the main event is that the new way to get on TV? Is that the new way to make money? Is to just threaten to leave? Yeah, I, I mean, what's... Because um, it sounds like what you're almost alluding to is, uh, you know, like some of the players in the NBA will kind of whine until they get a trade, right? So they get to move on to something else. So they complain and kind of get what they want. So are these people complaining and getting to the point where they get, you know, uh, TV time or main event time title matches? Um yeah, and again, just I, I don't think that's I don't think that's off off base, but I just think that in terms of what's happened uh, in the very recent past, we have seen these guys on TV before. I mean, we have seen the club, you know, be on TV and uh, just be garbage. Uh, Mike Canellis, you know, was on TV for a while. He's on Two Hundred Five Live. He, you know, he got microphone. He got a little bit of microphone time, but you know, mostly Maria would get to kind of uh, pout and preen. You know, like. Uh, cheap tarts in a red light street. Um, I wanted a little uh, police popski, but I didn't get one. Nope. Um, thanks, Matt. Um, 
It just feels like, you know, uh, you know, our Cesaro, right? We've we've seen him on TV versus Ricochet, and people were kind of up and down on those maps, uh, maps, matches. Um, <laughs> but now it feels like there's <laughs> some <sorry>. motivation. <laughs> there's some motivation from Cesaro, right? He's tired of goofs. He's a he's a professional wrestler who is like zero percent body fat. So I'm tired of this. I don't want clowns in my Except wrestling. I want to destroy them. Yeah. Thanks, Matt. And then there's Maria Canellis, who now she gets a microphone and she's gonna get over Mike with a, a pregnancy storyline. He's gonna be main eventing either a Raw or my God, a, a middling pay per view because of that. That's all it took was a little bit of story. And what I've heard so far is that's really what Heyman wants to do. He wants to. It, it's gonna take time, obviously, to get Shane written out of that Undertaker and roman reigns story but if you can get away from that you know overarching you know authority figure storyline which has been done to death for what 20 years now yeah uh you know with vince mcmahon if just kind of get away from that and let's tell the stories of the actual guys competing then these guys you know when they do get you know a chance to be on tv they can tell that story and there's a frog in the background they can tell that story <laughs> instead of, um, you know, having to rely on those authority figures like, you know, the Stephanie's or the Triple H's or the Shane's coming in and doing 10 minutes to open every week. This is good. This is this is progress. Yeah, uh, and I think um, I think you actually nailed something, too, that I was pretty surprised with was not seeing Paul Heyman or Bischoff. Uh, on that, oh, Tuesday. my God, that is an A-plus point that would have been the exact like it would have been so hypocritical like just they're in the background now it's not about them coming out and booking the matches in your face we just want somebody else to to kind of educate and get another viewpoint in there so we can make this show actually feel fresh and just instead of telling us it's fresh yeah a plus point right there love it thank you all right, where are we? We still got 15 more things to talk about, and it looks like you added another six. Um, the well, that's, that's not true. I typed in the word revival. Um, oh. No, because uh, a lot of what we've been harping on is like this reaction, uh, reactionary um, uh, business model. Like WWE is just whatever the fans say, whatever they want, let's react and do that. AEW's doing you know X, Y, and Z, so now we're going to do X, Y, and Z. Um, so we mentioned the, you know, things exploding, cursing. Um, but now it seems like there's this new emphasis on tag teams. Um, (laughs) you know, New Day's always been there, but the Viking Raiders getting TV time again, the club getting TV time, Revival getting TV time, uh, Heavy Machinery, love that TV time. And then we debuted the Street Profits this week, who are supposed to be, you know, the standard bearers for NXT since they're holding the dang, you know, title belts. Um, Matt, what do you think of that debut of Street Profits? What? Why do you think they did that? I, I, Mike, I, the, the solution or the reason has to be they want more tag team tag teams. They want more actual, um, two guys that just tag team together. And then you just saw Dolph Ziggler and Kevin Owens lose to uh, Heavy Machinery. I think that is the reason um, why why they actually did it why this was the time to do it i have mm-hmm. no fucking clue see i i think i do have an idea 
I think it was a bad decision. But go I, ahead. I, I really don't, because it feels like what they're trying to do is... Um, it's something that you and I, you know, harp on every week, where it's great if you have, you know, in-ring wrestling ability, but if, if you can't tell a story... There isn't a lot we can do for you. We we need you to be able to you know get some butts and seats, and you got to do that with the microphone. So I don't think it's a surprise that the club is getting uh, together again. You know that Maria, who obviously knows how to do some you know real television acting, uh, she's getting you know Monday Night Raw time. Um, you know we're getting Alexa Bliss trying to get Nikki Cross over. Who my God, we're learning she can handle the microphone. And it looks well, like wait, the reason they're putting... Uh, can I... Nikki wait, Cross? No. Yeah, just go with it. Oh my god, and that so... was one of the worst segments I've ever seen. <laughs> go ahead. I didn't think it was that bad. <laughs> that was it, terrible. I think you're being hyperbolic. But hey, I'm on a roll here. <laughs> so, the Street Profits. Yeah. Montez Ford sweats charisma. The guy's a machine with the microphone. He's got those red cups... I'm going to send the video. I'm going to try and reload it here on, on Facebook and Twitter. Um, the WWE.com exclusive video of him at doing the catering uh, with it, uh, Dawkins, Angelo Dawkins. Who's okay. You know, he's the he's the tucky of the group. Um, but they're, you know, and Otis, that's another good example. So they're trying to get, get these charismatic guys who just their energy kind of makes you laugh, kind of makes you more invested in the match. So they're getting these storytellers out there. They're getting these guys with high levels of charisma. Um, this definitely feels like somebody, uh, you know, that that Heyman values pretty pretty highly. Somebody who can and work the microphone and, you know, get 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 you invested. It doesn't sound like you're quite sold, but I I feel like Montez Ford is you know one of the more charismatic guys, uh, arguably in NXT. Um, I think he could honestly do a solo run if he, you know, had some more meat. Um, but because he's kind of wiry, we know that WWE doesn't quite value those guys for their, you know, solo runs. So um, he's going to have to get across with the microphone, and I, I think he's got that down pat. So who's the odd man out? For what? I mean, I'm I. My point was I don't understand the timing of it. Um, I don't think because we're getting at a, a point we're... where they were like without talent that could grab the microphone and talk, um, or is that what uh... the point you're making? Well, I think it's not necessarily that it's. Um, I I don't I, I don't know about you know who are you replacing? I just think that they're trying to get you know the best talkers you know, on the payroll, let's get him TV time. So that means you're putting Montez Ford out there. Because I'd say as far as being a, a charismatic goof, um, you know, we, we have our beloved Otis on Heavy Machinery. I, I would put Montez right up there. I think he's also just, just you know, that, that same level of enthusiasm uh, for the business. Without, you know, coming off shy and, you know, stuttery when he says things. Yeah. Like, he has a unique... Cadence, delivery, uh, believability, uh, and he gets the people behind him. No, so I thought I thought it was a really smart move. That's. I mean, I, I'll I'll just. I think we should we should move on. But I mean, my uh, just to reiterate, my 
problem isn't with the Street Profits. I don't understand the timing of it. That's my thing. That's what I don't get. I don't understand I why now. I think it's just because of Heyman. They're trying to make sure that you know where he's putting his stamp on the show. So his first show, you know, you get explosions, shit, and an emphasis on people who can use the microphone. Alright. So there you, there you go. Um, yeah, we gotta we gotta move along here. We're we're already, you know making some uh make some uh some clocks roll here, Matt. Um <laughs> we're at forty minutes, is that what you're looking for? Yeah. <laughs> we're making clocks roll. I've that's, never uh, heard that that's turn a of thing phrase. People before. Say. <laughs> hey, look at those clocks roll. <laughs> we must be we must be Jimmy Jamming. It's, it's gotta be late because those clocks are rolling. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, where did the clock roll? Is it seven nineteen already? <laughs> Yeah, right, and it's only 7:19 um, p.m. So, okay, so let's 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 keep rolling here. Let's let the clocks roll along with the conversation, Mike. The um, clocks are rolling. Yep. What do, what do we have left here? Um, the so I actually put down. Do we only credit them for noticeable changes? And then I gave a list of things that was like, are we are we also gonna say Heyman and Bischoff are at fault for the Bliss and Nikki Cross fiasco? Uh, are they all? Are they at fault for the Miz and Elias stuff? Are they at fault for Shane McMahon still being on TV? Because I don't want to. I don't want to sit here and go. If something, if something fun or good happened on Monday Night Raw, we go. That was Paul Heyman. And then if it was shitty, we go. Well, that was just the old writers. They, Paul Heyman, let that one slip through the cracks. Like what? And I'll I'll go into more detail. I mean, a Miz and Elias two out of three falls match. Who cares? Uh, we know what the actual storyline is here, which means we're only expanding the Shane McMahon story. Leading to number two here is that Shane McMahon is still on our televisions. Now, they've put a lot into this, so they probably just can't drop it at this point. And, of course, they introduced The Undertaker last week. I still say it would have been possible for Paul Heyman to come out and just say, What are you doing? Get in the back. You are not on my show anymore. I would have been fine with that. Just make it disappear. They've made other storylines disappear like that. They're going to make Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley disappear. And then you gave kudos to Nikki Cross. I did. I I, I didn't think it was that bad. How do you not look at that and see her the whole time searching for what her line was? That was so bad. The, the I thought it was good. I thought she was... Bailey, she was like, she wasn't reacting to what Bailey was saying. Everything was, oh my god, what was my line? Deer in the headlights. A lot of so what I, huge what I thought was before words came out. That was What not I thought was good. really good is she had really um, like they well-timed uh, like breathing in between her sentences. She had what? Um, it, Sorry, well-timed like breaths in between her sentences. I think she um, was only searching for what to say. If it looked like she had. She was listening someone. intently to Bailey, and she knew exactly what to say. <laughs> uh, you're such a piece of shit. <laughs> I think you're being a little critical. I think she was no. kind of geeked out because people were cha- like cheering for her, and this was no. supposed to be kind of a heel gimmick. Nope. No. Uh, that was. Then that's not good. She couldn't even get. Out yeah, but it's it's a questions. confusing spot because Bliss is the most obvious like and well-spoken so, heel right. for the women's division I'm, so what they're trying to do is give you sympathy for nikki 
when Nikki succeeds and Bliss takes the credit. I'm going to reenact it right now, okay? So first of all, we have Bailey out there, who's already not the best. All right. And she's like, you know, the question we should be asking is, so why aren't I you... Think you just answered your own question, though. Why wasn't this better? It was because she had to bounce information off of Bailey. All right, let me finish my I, let me finish my reenactment. I know, but your impression is not very good. So cross. What the I, fuck is going? No. I think she. Yeah, I so, think she was in a wait, tough spot. So you're just gonna say no? It was good. Moving on. I, Mike, it was bad. You have to rewatch it. I I don't know what you saw that made you think it was good. Maybe she does need to do a lot of work, and I'm not saying we should fire her or anything. That was a really really bad promo that was like natalia bad i don't know if you had the blinders on because you like nikki but that was mike that was super bad (laughs) i i mean it was it was noticeable where before we did our show i put it in the notes because i thought it was that bad i don't think it was that bad i think what she had to do is work with what you know the writers gave her so they said you got to go out there and you got to you know, ask some softballs, and then Bailey, Bailey's got to come in and bring the heat and be accusatory and be like, hey, you know, why are you putting up with Alexa kind of stringing you along? She's taking credit, and you actually have the victories. But, you know, we're it's been years. We know how Bailey does promos. I'm, I'm going to kind of... I'm going to kind of blame, you know, what we've... The person who, you know, we, we've, we've kind of seen what they're capable of. Paul. I, I don't think... I don't think Nikki Cross is to blame for this. I think she was kind of geeked out that she, my God, she's got to do something all by herself on the microphone, and then she's got to work with Bailey. So I, I think it was, as far as, you know, on a scale of how great it could have been, I think it was for what the, like the ceiling of what this situation is, first time with Bailey, I think it was pretty good for Nikki. Wow. I mean, I, I'm fine with saying, like, she doesn't need to get beheaded, um, but I, I would never, I don't know, bless you, uh, that was well beyond, like, not good. <laughs> well, I just think you're being too critical for that one. I, I didn't think it was that bad. So. I just, where do we draw the line? We just said Street Profits I just have told to be on TV were. right now, and then Nikki Cross can't even respond to Bailey like a regular human being. Her eyes are darting everywhere. She's taking huge breaths. That's her character, though. Her She's answer... supposed to... No, that's not what they were doing. She's kind of supposed to be wild-eyed. She's that's not supposed not to be composed. That's not what they were doing. She wasn't, like, going in and out. And you're going to judge Nikki Nikki. Cross's eyes and not bring up Shelton Benjamin? What the fuck was that segment? Well, yeah, that was purposefully weird. Nikki was supposed to be, like... She's not composed. She's supposed to be kind of a little nuts, and she's trying to hold it together. I I, I don't know. I don't know why you hate Nikki Cross so much. Oh, my God! What do you have against people from Scotland? Uh, What's your deal? (laughs) Jesus. All that needs to be said was that that wasn't a great promo that wasn't a good promo it wasn't anywhere near that that was natalia level but she doesn't need to be I fired think it was, she doesn't it need was to right up there spot. with rick flair after he won the royal rumble like it was it was a little i, I think you're just doubling down i fans of man who of hurt you? who hurt you did nikki cross hurt Go you why are you, why are you being so negative promo please tell me what she's doing we're gonna yeah 
while her eyes go up in the air and she takes a huge let's, breath. Let's get it up. We'll get a video going. We'll have a poll. It'll be was it an A? Was it an A plus? Was it an A plus plus? And we're gonna let the faction decide. Matt, moving on. I can't believe you like that promo. Um, so let's uh, all right. So let's put a capper on the the Paul Heyman Eric Bischoff thing. I think it's pretty obvious. I I'm trying to be really cautious here. I we have no idea what Paulman Paulman Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff actually had their hands in. These weren't perfect shows, um, and you know who we're still talking about Vince McMahon giving up control. Did that really happen? So I, I'm I'm gonna say I liked What? Huh? What are you talking about? Vince McMahon giving up control? Like Vince McMahon giving up creative control. We're saying that Paul Heyman and, and Eric Bischoff have complete control. Or was this just like a storyline thing to get people to tune in on Monday and Tuesday? Um uh, I don't I, I based on what I saw, I, I don't think that it was like we we've already seen those examples, you know. We saw when they said we're gonna have brand new wrestlers. And but that's what I'm EC3's saying. EC3 is not even on TV. That's what I'm saying. It's been one week. That's what I'm saying. I'm being very cautious here. I don't want to crown Heyman and Eric Bischoff as the saviors of WWE. Yeah, but Matt, hold on, hold on, hold on. But you've given really good examples about why it's not like that. And those examples are: it wasn't Heyman and Bischoff, you know, stomping out to their entrance music and booking matches and wiping the slate clean. They just did it from the back. With the writing, but so that's how what do I'm we saying. One done... one week in, one week in, I think it's a success. But how do we know they've done anything? I you know we don't, but right. it feels different because of the way the, the the characters who were on my television and the things they were doing was was different than what we've seen in the past couple months. So I'm saying week one was a success. And I'm only saying that I'm being i want to be very cautious here with grading so yeah you, you know we can't we don't know what they actually did but matt were you were you happy this week did you was it a chore to watch raw and smackdown like it's been maybe oh, raw is a I better mean, question was raw a chore to watch i actually enjoyed multiple segments this week i'm gonna say it always feels like a chore no matter what <laughs> it's three hours and mm-hmm. it eats up a lot of time. But I liked the first hour and I liked the last segment. Um, it still gets really hard in the middle to, to pay attention. So uh, that's my grade. I liked the that they pulled back on the promos in the first hour. Uh, they kept promos like, what, 30 seconds or less. It's pretty cool. And then, yeah, the last segment was, was, was really great. Okay. We can do that. Um, well, we I, still want to hit. It still oh, might be like a C plus, B minus. If we said it was this TV show good, I mean, you know, no, <laughs> right? Or am I wrong? Uh, I mean, it's not, a, it's not like a bad episode that you'd. Give it's not a. like an A. You know, it's not like an A plus. You know, like when. I don't know. Daniel Bryan, you know, switched from being part of the Wyatt family to being Daniel Bryan again, right? Um, but as far as like just kind of a, a, a pretty pretty interesting episode, I liked Raw a lot, and then SmackDown. 
Um, you know, we got that really cool moment with Samoa Joe getting another fantastic promo, and then our boys, Heavy Machinery, got a, a huge victory for another tag team title opportunity at Extreme Rules. So I, I, I humbly really enjoyed SmackDown because I love watching Heavy Machinery succeed. So I, I was entertained. Matt, we got to do... Um, I know we want to touch on NXT a little bit. We want to talk about yeah. Fighter Fest, but I know I want to throw your game in there. Do you want to do the game first, and then uh, yeah, because we'll we'll, we'll finish up with a um, little NXT and Fighter Fest. You got it. So All right, let's, let's do jump it. in, everybody. We are doing two rumors and a lie. It is back after uh, a one-week hiatus because uh, goddamn, there just aren't enough rumors, uh, and a lot of them are just horseshit. <laughs> that I don't even, even though they're dumb. Uh, I don't want to make this game too easy for Mike. Uh, so, Mike, we're going to go over our, our categories here. We're going to let yes. you pick between three different categories. Um, one of the ones I updated a little bit. So uh, we'll have you pick through. And, of course, just remind everybody how this game works. Uh, we have three different rumors. Two rumors are ones that I found online. One of them is uh, a rumor I made up off the top of my head. And, and of course, the whole point here is to build awareness for how dumb these dirt sheets are and how ridiculous it is that we hang on every single word that they, they type up. So let's let's point out how silly those are. And then, uh, of course, this, this is super difficult for Mike to, uh, to get through and figure out which one did I make up because I think you are you one for eight or one for seven, something like that. Yeah, but I, I'm going to, you know what? Heavy Machinery's been uh, having a couple hot weeks. I think I'm going to ride that come in momentum. <laughs> All right, I'm ready. All right, Mike. So your three categories to choose from are A-E-W. Yes. Woo! We've got a category called No Shit and a category <laughs> called Must Watch TV. Well, obviously, with the... Debut of Corey Graves' first shit on Monday Night Raw. <laughs> I'm gonna go with no shit. All right, I was really hoping you were gonna go with this one. So I'm gonna explain this category a little bit. What we're talking about here are some rumors that are like, of course, it's not. What the fuck are you typing this up for? And making a blog, and then it's just clickbait, and people are gonna click on it. All right. So here's what's going on. Nothing that I'm about to say is official. But again, when you hear it, it's going to be like, well, yeah, no shit. So, Mike, rumor number one. And again, you are going to tell me which one of these did I make up. Rumor okay. number one, WWE is planning to put together a new stage and use the opening segment on Raw to help tell the story. Mike, rumor number two, Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff are slowly implementing their new ideas and haven't completely taken over creative for the WWE just yet. And Mike, rumor number three, plans for Shane McMahon to win the WWE Championship are still a part of the SummerSlam storyline, along, along with a triple threat being booked involving Roman Reigns. Mike, two rumors and a lie. Which one of those did I make up? And of I, course, don't think you made, I don't think you made up the last one. I did not make up plans for Shane McMahon to win the WWE Championship, which is no, still a part cause... of SummerSlam. Right. Mike, you are eliminated on your first guess. Oh, no. It's the rumor that I made up. <laughs> I didn't think you would waste 
keystrokes on a Shane McMahon rumor. I totally wasted keystrokes. And of course, I thought I'd the fit joke's the joke's on you. I, I thought I would fit my own theme of no shit because I don't think the Shane McMahon storyline is going away after we watched Raw and SmackDown this week. So I think it's, uh, you know, all engines, wow. uh, what do you say when you're on a ship? You, uh, uh, steam ahead. Wait, no, that's not it. Is that it? Full steam ahead. Full you know steam what? The, ahead clock, on the clock is rolling on that one. That's right. <laughs> What was the uh, what was the first rumor again? Yeah, just to recap, uh, on the no shit category, WWE is planning to put together a new stage and use the opening segment on Raw to help tell the story. Yeah, I, I thought that was like you like you had a typo, and that, I thought that was the one you wrote because it didn't really make a lot of like the sentence doesn't make sense to me. But anyway, what was the other one? Well, that's. <laughs> So you don't un- so the story here is that they they destroyed the new stage, and I think we all oh. in our heads when when that happened we all went oh there's probably a new stage coming, uh, but oh. then the second one is Paul. You Hayden know what? And- I you know what screwed me up, Matt. I, I took it in a bubble, so I, I forgot all about the Braun Strowman Bobby Lashley thing, and I thought you were just saying there's a new stage coming and they're gonna make it a story. I'm like what? What, is, what does that mean? <laughs> uh, but yeah, what was the second one again? Uh, Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff are slowly implementing their new ideas. Oh, yeah, that's a big no shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Nope, I, I wrote an episode raw uh, this past week. Here you go. Wow, you wrote three hours of TV? Yep, here we go. Well, yeah, that was, uh, so I, I'm going through on, on, uh, Cage, I think it's Cage Side Seats is the one who does the, the rumor roundup on a daily yeah. basis, a daily basis. They have five Gross. rumors that they talk about. We need to have a burner account where we just create these rumors. <laughs> it, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. And I hate that now, you know how Google recommends websites to you? That, yeah. that's what I get recommended to me because I'm doing research for this silly game oh no so now all i get are wrestling rumors just non-stop and i still don't get enough they're all so shitty like this that i just that's how i put this together where i was like that was right, the best of the best these are the rumors i'm getting so we're gonna we're gonna wow. push forward so that uh that ladies and gentlemen this week's episode of two rumors and a lie mike i'm sorry that it ended so quickly Ugh. for you i I was hoping, you know what I was doing? I read it out loud again before we ended the round because I wanted to give you an opportunity to change your mind. I thought you would do it. Um, it's fine that <laughs> nope. you didn't, but well, uh, I'm going to hang on to those other two categories because we saw last week what happens when uh, when we do play multiple games. Uh, <laughs> run out of categories quick. So <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll run into those next week. Yeah, we're almost uh, we're we're pushing an hour here, so we're gonna try and uh, um, yeah, we've talked know, do enough. some focus some focus talk here with uh, at least Fighter Fest because people were really pooping their pampers. Um, Cody Rhodes uh, took a chair shot. Oh my from god, we haven't even Sean talked Spears about it. Um, uh, took a chair shot to the head. Uh, opened him up. It was gross. There was blood everywhere. His beautiful bleached blonde hair was red. Um, and people were saying, why are we still subjecting wrestlers to this? Especially with, you know, uh, scary situations with wrestlers we love who have had head injuries and 
it's almost expected that professional wrestlers are going to be dead by 50 because of all these head injuries. Why is AEW doing this? Matt, what were your initial reactions to this event? Um, I was I was one of those peeps. I, I did not like that Cody Rhodes is smashing his skull open uh, for a throw. I don't know. Not, not a throwaway segment, but I mean, come on. It, the same thing can be accomplished with so many different choices that don't smash a metal chair over over your head and and if you ever needed the proof that these are you know these are real hits to the head uh his skin flap was enough of proof i think for anybody so this wasn't yeah. one of those things where they could they could turn around and say well it's you know the chair's not and blah, they, blah or yeah and they tried to they said yeah just stitches no concussion here folks yeah and that's exactly how concussions work. Um, <laughs> Dr. I mean, Tweet comes in and decided there's... <laughs> the I mean, AEW yeah. feed said uh, no concussion here. You know what? The, w, um, the WWE should have... If they're going to like react and write their show based on what happened in AEW, if there's the swearing and the pyrotechnics, I think that could have been something... They should have done a five-minute segment on how those guys have a doctor on staff at all times, the uh, the work they do for CT. I mean, there was an, a, a massive opportunity right there to make that a segment in your show and remind everybody that, that's right, we don't do headshots with chairs, and that's because we've had people dying on a monthly basis that are 50 years old some are 40 we've seen 30 we've seen 20 year olds die because of this business that doesn't need to happen and the wwe while they're guilty for a lot of deaths they're taking the steps to make sure it doesn't happen and cody for wanting to be so different from the wwe this is one step he did not he should not have taken i'm gonna say that he should not have done this yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, it. What I think it did a couple things wrong, because what they're trying to do is get, you know, Sean Spears, who, you know, we've only known him as Ty Dillinger, the perfect 10. Um, he's been over as a baby face his whole career. So they said, hey, let's make him do a chair shot to the head. You know, maybe we can finally get people to stop doing the 10 chance, because now he's, you know, very obviously a bad guy. But what this did, it... it it was ineffective in like a wrestling way, in a safety way, and a storytelling way because it didn't make Sean Spears look like a heel. It just made AEW look unprepared. Yep. That's and it made a Cody Rhodes. Wonderful point. It made Cody Rhodes, the showrunner, look like he doesn't know what he's doing. Yep. So. Those yeah, are... it was it, it was definitely a total failure, like in you know three or four different areas. Yeah, and the fact that he's doubling down on it and posting pictures of his smashed up head. Uh, again, just not a smart move. I I, I get I it. Know. Like he's he's definitely talking to a particular audience because there were people tweeting out defense of AEW, and there were a lot of people defending that chair shot. Um, yeah, they said it was like a stage chair or something like that. I... Well, some of the stuff I saw were people saying like, "Oh, if that bothered you, then you weren't watching." You know. Uh, the rock some and death mankind. match and yeah yeah uh you know 1998 and it's like yeah yeah we don't do that anymore because guys die 
So right. don't give me that I'm too soft to watch pro wrestling. Um, I think. I mean, just two matches later, we saw you could do a death match without, you know, yeah. actually giving someone a concussion. Right. You know, a, a brain injury. And, and don't don't ever compare a, a chair shot to the head to some guy getting thumbtacks in his foot. Like, right. we don't have the science to figure out how to heal an injured brain, but we can sew up, <laughs> we can sew up, you know, all the cuts yeah, and all the bleeding all those... and give you more blood. Like, exactly. that's those... fixable. Exactly, exactly. Those, um, those death matches so often, they're just, like, cosmetic injuries. Yeah. We have visible scars, but it's not like a brain injury where you're literally bleeding in your head yeah. or you have a, a bruise and a you know it can get to the point where it just balloons in your head and then there's tension between your brain and your skull and you get headaches and then you die yep so a thumbtack in your foot and a fucking <laughs> bulbous mound in your skull are not the same thing right and i'm it's laughing not about my, it's, it's so not obvious. about my yeah stomach what i can stomach it's about i want to watch cody rhodes in 10 years so I, at first glance, I was like, "God damn, AEW serious!" And then it was just kind of like, "Man, they're seriously fucking stupid." I don't know why they would go to these lengths, especially when we have a, a better representation of violence. You know, just two matches later, right? Um, but I think one thing I wanted to touch on with Fighter Fest, um, and it's something that with the Brothers of Discussion uh, discussion group on Facebook. It's definitely a war between WWE and AEW, but so much of that war feels like it's focused on the Young Bucks. Um, where I guess their 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 fighting style, pardon? The spot fests is how they're. Yeah, what they call a, a spot fest and a young Young Bucks match. And before we kind of dive into it, Matt, because I know we're already kind of pressed for time, uh, I want to kind of get your uh, your temperature on these. Do are you starting to? Do you, do you get it? Do you like Young Bucks matches? I mean, I I'll, the way to answer this is to say I definitely was the guy who made fun of them a year ago. Uh, but right. now that I've watched those matches, I mean, and I mean, I've watched them, I've sat down, watched live shows, and experienced the fans, and experienced, you know, uh, the beginning, middle, and end of their story. Right. I get it. Yeah, I, uh, it took me a while, too. I've been keeping them at arm's length, I think. Not, you know, yeah. consciously, but just kind of like, uh, I don't know if I really like this, because it, you know, there isn't really an ebb and flow, because there's just constant chaos. Um, but for me, I think it became more enjoyable when I just categorized it as its own entity. Mm -hmm. So, it's not, you know, a classic Triple H brawler. It's not, you know, that Hulk Hogan, you know, we got a Tinkerbell and back to life. Um... You know, it's not like a luchador match. It's its own... I think the closest I could compare it to is it's like a video game. Mm -hmm. When you're, you know, playing the wrestling video game and you, you know, you and I know, we don't want to do a traditional tag in a video game because then one of us just sitting on their hands while the other guy's wrestling. Yeah. So you want to do a, a, a tornado tag. So you both get to get an offense in the whole match. Um, and it kind of feels like the Young Bucks do that. So... You know, are they selling? You know, like a you know, like a Dolph Ziggler would sell. No, but I think that they are still able to tell, you know, their story and have a real ebb and flow, just kind of at a at a high velocity, you know, pace. 
Um, so I think you just got to think of it as no, it's it's not a good, um, you know, example of how to sell in professional wrestling. But I do think it's still an incredibly entertaining match to watch because it takes so much physicality, it takes so much endurance, um, it takes so much focus and skill. Because they do a lot of spots that could really, you know hurt somebody that i know that it has a hilarious name the five-star Meltzer driver but yeah. that's still a pile driver with a guy doing a springboard somersault to to close out the deal um so i you know i i you know want to say hats off to their skill and and i just wish that i could you know i'm not going to die on this hill but i'll you know i'll fight on this hill for maybe a half an hour where i think <laughs> young bucks matches just look at it through a different filter no, it's not, you know, Arn Anderson. It's not, you know, how the Revival thinks tag team wrestling should go. But it's definitely how people play video games. It's definitely the high-velocity fighting that you'd see in, you know, Avengers, Star Wars, where these guys don't get bruises and they just keep going. They might take a bump, but they're still the back and forth. Bang, 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 bang. Um, so I, I think it's kind of modeled after that. And, the like, the video game analogy, I think, was really cemented when those two goofs came out as the Street Fighters, uh, Ryu and Ken. Yeah. So. No, that was that was great too. I I I, I mean, there's one thing we've always talked about, and like I've talked about it with like the music I listen to, um, but definitely when we come back to pro wrestling, it's the passion I want to hear when somebody's delivering a promo. Uh, that's you know that's them delivering their passion. I think. Uh, the way that they have so much fun they they love this business so much and that's that should always be one of the things you're looking for if you're watching someone wrestle and they hate doing this maybe they're really good at it but they hate it i i respect what the young bucks do and have and they're having fun with this business uh more than i would ever respect someone that was a perfect pro wrestler but hated doing it right and, um, I mean, like, you know, we've seen a couple of Young Bucks matches now. And the one at Fighter Fest, it wasn't like an A-plus one, yeah. you know, even on their standards. Because um, it, it definitely got to a point where I think even uh, Jim Ross said, Who, who's the legal man right now? Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> there was just kind of all six guys duking it out. Um, so it does, you know, the rules get, you know, they kind of hit some muddy waters there. But um, I think they, and they, they have the, I, I think they definitely have, the capacity to handle like a like a revival you know arn anderson style uh tag team match it's just they want to do it their way and so i get them forming aew so they can kind of promote this you know high octane tag team style i agree um yeah i didn't want to steal all the thunder but was there anything else you wanted to touch on for fighter fest um I mean, the tag team wrestling is, is great. Uh, I think if you watched the entire show and said it was flawless, I think you're, you've are you got some real issues that you've got to deal with. Um, that, uh, man, the, that librarian segment, um, you know, what's funny is the dirt sheets immediately put it at the fault of someone who isn't Cody Rhodes. And then, like, in my head, I was like, seriously, like, we need to have that said. Can we just say that this is identified as AEW and those segments are god-awful? 
I think that's fair. I think that's okay to do that. Um, but I, I just, I think it, like my point with that is the same with like Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman. Like uh, it kind of seems like you know, there's. I'm gonna bring up the the podcast, the STD again. Um, God, they loved every single bit of AEW show of Fighter Fest. It was a perfect show to them. But then. Like, they can't get on board with anything that happened on Monday Night Raw. They can't get on board with Kofi Kingston, um, you know, not falling for Samoa Joe's tricks. I just, I want to ask our audience, and I think this is the whole point of starting the show, like, stop, like, be more open. And, and that's to be more open with everything. Like, question things. Um, it's okay to question it. Don't tell people that they're bad because they're ragging on AEW. Oh, AEW's new. No! We rag on everything. It's fun to do. I'm going to make jokes about AEW while I watch it. It's not a perfect show. And neither is WWE. Let's just let's just <laughs> keep watching this stuff. Be the person you want to be. If you're like yes. me, and I'm I'm not saying I'm a smart. I'm saying I'm snarky. I'm, I'm you're a snark. Crack, I'm cracking jokes <laughs> through both shows because I just... We're watching fucking pro wrestling. Yes. So, I mean, come on. Um, but ultimately, the the thing here is don't don't just eat up the content just because you're a fan of it. Be a fan, but but question what's going on. Um, so, Fighter Fest to me, my final thoughts was was not a perfect show by any means, and no. uh, you know it's just it's good to see that there's another show that isn't embarrassing to watch like TNA. It's just. That makes your stomach turn with all the silly things that happen on that show or Impact Wrestling. Um, see, I can't, I still can't get away from calling it TNA. Um, but this is, this is at least not super embarrassing. Uh, so there's that. <laughs> gotcha. Well, yeah, I, Matt, uh, hard to debate any of those points. Yay! Uh, I guess uh, we're hitting. Uh, where are we at? About an hour thirteen. Yep. Um. I don't know. We can. You want to close up shop? Hell yeah, I want to close up shop. I'm hungry. All right. Well, it's dinner time. Um, I'm excited, Matt, for next week. Um, we're gonna have. We're getting closer to another Extreme Rules pay per view. Woo! I know we've got pay per views to preview every other week now. God damn, we don't get a break. Nope. Um, <laughs> but Heavy Machinery is gonna be featured there. Oh yeah! And then, uh, I don't know what the rest of the card is. I'm just excited for Heavy Machinery. Um, and uh, we're going to have another week of uh, Heyman and Bischoff. Secretly, behind the scenes, just making moves. <laughs> I hope that Slipping they're and not, sliding. I hope yeah. they're not involved in any way, and it's just another marketing It's game. another work. Yeah. It was me. Oh, <laughs> oh my God, that'd be great. Um, yeah, so catch us on BODpodcast.com, brothersofdiscussion.com. If we're wrestling's on, go to at BODpodcast on Twitter and Facebook. Go to the Facebook uh, discussion group to interact with us and, uh, you know, get your own conversation started. And, of course, uh, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on whatever you're listening us uh, listening to us on, including uh, we are now on Spotify. So find us there. Uh, and, and one more time, please... Uh, subscribe rate and review help out the show and eventually we'll have some merch and if you're a big fan and you prove it to us maybe you'll get some free merch Woo! 
And that's uh, that's it for me. That's the Brothership Discussion. Yep, Matt. Excited to do this again next week. And you know why? Why? Because we're coming! <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye.